if you carry any resentment, you carry any abandonment, you carry any shame, you carry any of those emotions and you haven't been able to work through, there is hope for you. I promise you there's hope for you. What would you do all over again and why? I'm Natalie Carpenter, women's health and fertility advocate, dot connector, and former corporate brand warrior. Each week, join me in candid conversation with an inspiring public figure who boldly shares their real-life stories of adversity, impact, and what they did next, and if they would do it all over again, knowing what they know now. Welcome to the All Over Again podcast. Julie Eisenberg is the founder of Revival Society and believes in you before you believe in yourself. Julie founded Revival Society after seeing her daughter suffer, struggle, and endure pain, knowing that something had to change. After studying somatic healing, becoming certified in EFT tapping, and other various therapeutic approaches, Julie created the Moment to Moment Method. The Moment to Moment Method allows people to break through past trauma, to reveal true purpose, and release the heavy weight that can make you sick. Julie Eisenberg shared that if she had the opportunity to do it all over again, she would have changed her relationship with her mother earlier so that it wouldn't have impacted the relationships that she would later have with her children. However, in hindsight, the work that Julie learned to heal her own trauma has helped her heal so many. Hi, Julie. Welcome. Good morning, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me on this morning. It's so great to see you. Welcome to All Over Again podcast. I'm just so happy to be here. I'm tickled to be here to share with you today. Well, thank you. So let's dive right in. When you look back at your life, what are you the most proud of? Natalie, what I'm most proud of is my relationship with my four daughters that I've created over the last many years. I have four daughters aging from 40 down to 30. And I didn't always have that special relationship with them. I really, really struggled as a mother. I was a very angry, resentful mother. I couldn't really show up for my children the way I needed to show up for my children. The other thing that I'm most proud of is, is I'm most proud of really being able to create which you'll learn more about moment to moment, the method that Danielle, my youngest daughter, and I've created. There's a certain population of people out there that are what we call feelers, and they know who they are. They know that they absorb people's emotions. They know that they're an empath. They know that they have big feelings. They know that they just can't do things the way society wants them to do things and that the way that they've been told to do things. And so I feel so good about being able to create this method for others to really feel like when they've never had real answers, because I struggled for 25 years really looking for real answers for what was really going on with my girls. And so I feel so good to be able to share this with so many people who they think there are no real answers for them. What was the moment when you found out that you had purpose? And what was that? The moment that I found out I had purpose was when I really 
finally found after 25 years of searching for answers. And I mean, Natalie, I went to the best of the best doctors. I went to the best of the best psychologists. I went to the best psychiatrists. It didn't matter. I didn't care how much money I spent. I was going to figure out what was going on with my girls, why they were struggling so much, why they were in so much pain. So that's when I said, I know my purpose. I know my purpose because I'm not giving up until I really, really find these answers. And it wasn't until I was able to dive deeper and to figure out what was really going on to really say, this is my purpose and I need to share it with so many other people. So I know my purpose. My purpose is to share this with all the feelers out there that haven't been able to find their success, haven't been able to step into their purpose. I want everybody to have that opportunity to really be able to put their real purpose into the world and to change our world in such a healthy way. Because right now we live in a very dark, troubled world. And if more people could really, really put their purpose into the world and not get stuck in their traumas, we would be in a much, much better place in our society. So Mama Bear Julie, (laughs) would you consider yourself an empath or your daughters? Your daughters were the empaths. They definitely were. And so there was sort of this disconnect of relatability. So you had to find out how to relate to them. Yes, very much so. And I did not know how to relate to them is what was so frustrating for me. Okay. That I didn't know. I didn't even understand. I didn't understand what they were going through. But the reason why I didn't also understand, yeah, I might not be an empath and I might be able to do what society tells us to do. Okay. But what I wasn't able to do is to see what was really, really going on with them, okay? I couldn't see the traumas. I was too caught up in my own trauma to be able to help my children, okay? I grew up in a home with a mother that suffered from mental illness from the time that I knew of being eight years old. So I carried a lot of emotional abandonment. I carried a lot of resentment. And that showed up in everything. It showed up in every relationship that I had in my life. It showed up with my kids. It showed up with my husband. It showed up in everything. There was such a disconnect. And I didn't realize how disconnected I was until... Of course, now being as present as I am with my children, my grandchildren, my anybody in my life, you know, but the point is, is that I could not show up as a mother. Hey, I'm telling you anybody that struggles with any kind of resentment or any kind of abandonment. And I'm not just talking about physical abandonment here. I'm talking about emotional abandonment. It affects everything in their life. And that's what was going on with my girls. I couldn't see because I was too caught up in my stuff to be able to see what they were going through and the pains that they were suffering. So if you could do 
anything all over again, what would it be and why? So everything I told you that I was so proud of, I do it all over again because I would have never, ever gotten to the spot. I would have never, ever be able to help people over the last eight years that I've been able to help. They wouldn't have gotten those results because, like I said, feelers can't do the kind of work we want them to do. It's great if someone has an awareness, but I can tell you a feeler, when they have an awareness about something, it only makes it worse for them because it only creates more and more energy around the situation or around the relationship that they have with that individual. So I do everything all over again. I'd suffer the pains. I'd spend the close to $100,000 that I spent. I do it all over again because it's so worth it because of the relationship that I have, especially with my girls today and especially with my six grandchildren. That's beautiful. Let's talk a minute about generational trauma. You shared that you had a difficult relationship with your mother and that in turn you had a difficult relationship with your children. So you've talked about going to see all of these therapists and, and, and really trying to work through and understand what was happening. When was the moment when you realized that you had this sort of breakthrough method that could help you and your daughters? And what was it? Imagine this. Imagine you have three daughters that are struggling at the same time. Imagine you've just been told that your daughter's diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Okay? She never had it. But let's just imagine for a moment what I was going through when I was told, well, I think she has MS, the start of MS. I think she has Meniere's disease. Okay, I think she has vesticular migraines. She definitely suffered from vertigo. She couldn't even get herself to the bathroom by herself. It was so bad. Okay, then you imagine you have another daughter that's being diagnosed as she's bipolar. And I'm like, wait a moment. This daughter doesn't have bipolar. I grew up with a mother that had bipolar. I know what that looked like. And then she ends up in the psych ward. Then you have another daughter that's in college and you're told she has to come home from college because she's that sick. Remember, this has been going on for years and years and years. And I'm finally saying, wait a moment, something's off. Something's not working anymore. Then what I did was I used to love to give my girls, they loved it, massages. So the daughter that was diagnosed with MS, I asked her to raise her arm. I said, raise your arm for me and just relax it. And what did she do? She tightened it. And I said, oh, I know what's wrong. You're stuck in fight or flight or you're frozen. Something's going on because you can't relax your body. So what did I do? I found an energy healer. And I went to the energy healer and I said, am I right? I said, I'm going to go through all of these tests one more time. I said, but if I, if it comes back the same, I know something's going on. Something's off with all these different diagnoses. And I don't believe in labels. I do not believe in labels. 
because I have so many clients that I've worked with that have been labeled with so many different diagnoses and they don't have them. Okay. So I said, I took her to the energy healer. The energy healer confirmed what I was saying. She was stuck in frozen energy and trauma. We all talk about trauma. There's a big word out there with trauma. There's a definition that I have that I believe about trauma. My definition is if someone feels a helpless energy or they feel a fear and shock in their body and they can't get away physically from something or they can't get away where they can say what they want to say in that moment, all that adrenaline that was that they were working and storing in their body all got stuck in their body in their in that moment and all froze and it only creates a festering effect in the body and eventually it will affect the physical body and that's what was going on with her she had had traumas of car accidents she had been roofied in college all that was showing up bullying all was showing up so the energy healer said to me when I was there, she said, you know, your one daughter, she said, I'm wondering if you're familiar with EFT. And I said, I don't know anything about EFT. She said, it's emotional freedom techniques. She said, look into it. So I did. I looked in it. I ended up getting certified in it. I have to tell you, EFT is a beautiful method, but it didn't work for Carly. It didn't work for her in the psych ward. The reason it didn't work is she's a feeler. And EFT is an approach where everybody kind of does the same thing. And in my work that I do is no two people have the same experience. So I had to go deeper when it came to EFT. But EFT is amazing for someone that really can do things more scriptive and do things that are more like everybody else kind of does it. Okay. But it wasn't that it was also the trauma work that I studied too. The trauma work of really understanding how trauma gets stuck in the body. And then there were other thought leaders that I used too. That's how moment to moment was created. So if you can imagine being a really good cook, because I love to cook. Okay, being a really good cook and taking this and taking that and that spice and that recipe and that everything together and creating the method for the feelers. So when you think about generational trauma and you mentioned that it all started with your relationship with your mother and then was passed down to your daughters. It started with my grandmother. It started with your grandmother. Interesting. And maybe even before then. Who knows? What we have to understand is it comes through the bloodlines. Interesting. Let's elaborate on that. Yeah. Yeah. It comes through when mom is pregnant with you. It's not that it's the DNA, okay? It's the energy that is coming through the bloodlines. So my grandmother lived a very painful life. She was very angry. My mom had suffered the results of that. My mom suffered the results of my grandmother not being able to show up for her. So your, your grandmother was emotionally 
unattached. She was unattached also. And my mom needed that so bad. My mom was a feeler. Sure. Everybody's a feeler. Everybody comes into the world as a feeler. We all come into the world as a feeler. But what happens? We're not allowed sometimes to feel growing up. So what do we do? We create walls. We shut down. But we're all feelers. If we can all get back to being feelers in that way and really being seen and really feeling heard and being validated, can you imagine what life would be like for people? So mom never felt seen, validated, and heard. So how could she create that for me? But I can promise you, now my grandchildren definitely feel validated, seen, and heard. So the cycle has been broken. The cycle has been broken. That is definitely broken. So it's so important to understand and ask yourself those questions. When you feel into your body and you're saying things to yourself and you're saying, is that really my energy? Do I really feel that way? Like I had a woman that I was working with that was struggling with money issues. It's not her money issues. It's from her grandparents. That has just been through the bloodlines. She took on that energy. We're all energy. That's what we are. We're all energy. We spend a lot of energy on the physical body. But if we could get back to our energetic body, when our energetic body isn't healthy, our physical body eventually isn't healthy. I don't believe in chronic pain, okay? I believe that if something doesn't go away within four months, we're meant to heal. If we're not healing in four months, something deeper is going on. And we need to really dig deep to see what's really going on. So what are the telling points when you're working with a client of generational trauma? Is there anything that stands out? Yeah, a lot of things. Well, I brought up money issues. It's not your rational brain you're talking to. Rational brains give us a different message than actually our bodies tell us. The body knows what's going on. If we would listen to our bodies, our bodies would tell us a whole lot more. The rational brain, the reason why animals don't get stuck in trauma in the wild is because they don't have rational brains. We have rational brains, so we think, oh, it's over. It's not a big deal. Oh, I'll shove that down. It'll go away. It won't matter. Or it's not a big deal. You're telling me, I had a client that was four years old when she was a little girl. She was running after a ball. Now imagine all that adrenaline in her body, running after a ball, and she was going to get it into the goal. What ended up happening? She hit a brick wall. Now imagine all that energy running after that ball is not stuck in her body. She can rationalize, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, you know, now I'm 40 years old. It's not a big deal what happened to me. Oh, yeah, I felt humiliated. I felt shame, all that. That's still in her body. That was still in her body, all that energy. But animals don't experience that because they don't have a rational brain. So when they realize that they're safe again and they don't have a fear in their body anymore, because 
quote unquote, that predator isn't there anymore, what do they do? They shake, they tremble, they get all that energy out of their body, but we don't do that as humans. So are you suggesting that after a moment of trauma that we should physically shake it out? Is that a way to release some of the trauma? That is definitely a way for some people to do that. But tell me when you've had, God forbid, a car accident, God forbid you've been raped, God forbid you've taken a bad fall, tell me how you're going to shake and tremble and get that energy out of your body in those moments. You're not. What's going to happen is, is that, first of all, you need to find a place of as much as you can of calm for the moments. But you have to, at some point, find a way to release that energy. It has to be released from the body so it doesn't continue to fester in the body. And so you help clients do that through moment to moment? Through moment to moment. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what moment to moment is so that people understand what this looks like in terms of bigger picture trauma than just, you know, having something happen and and literally shaking it off? Sometimes that can work for someone. But what I find with my clients is they need to really get to the emotions of what really got stuck. So if you are dealing with any kind of a resentment energy, any kind of abandonment energy, any kind of shame energy, those energies really, really get stuck in the body. Now, once I work through those energies, then I can go into the lighter energies. So moment to moment, so you can understand, is a method that's been created to be able to help yourself after you learn the method to help yourself 90 to 95% of your, on your own. You learn how to do it on your own. But what I do with my clients is I take them through five different exercises. And the first exercise I take them through is I really explain how trauma gets stuck in the body where they start to have a real awareness of why they haven't been able to move forward. So I take them on a journey and I really explain to them what's really going on. Then the next thing I do, I really, really work on the helpless and the shocked energy that got stuck in the body. I take them back and it doesn't take very long. I take them back to a moment where they felt that shock and helpless energy that got stuck. And what happens is, is that we literally tap into the subconscious brain, the part of the brain called the amygdala that that is storing that memory and keeping it there to keep you safe. But once we open up those floodgates, and the way we open up those floodgates is, finding a meridian point. And once they work on that heavy resentment energy, then things start to happen and open up even more. And there's lighter energies that we work through. So then afterwards, they have to go back and tell me the story. And if I feel energy, because words have energy in them. So if someone says to me, oh, I was pissed off, You still have energy of pissed off in your body. We got to go back to that energy, release that energy. And find the experience or the moment associated with it. Exactly. A hundred percent. 
And then if they can tell me that story and not feel any emotion in their body, and literally my clients don't feel emotions in their body afterwards. Literally, they can go back and tell you the story. I don't care if they hated someone, they despise someone. You'd be shocked to see what happens in those moments where they just feel like neutral. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for nothing more than neutral. And I'm not shocked because I've done a session or two with you. So I know what that is and I know that it works. So I appreciate that. I want to bring this conversation back to you for a moment. Tell me about how your work that you do initially done to really help you and your daughters has impacted your life and your relationship with your daughters. Oh, Natalie. I tried for many years consciously to work through with my daughters. I mean, especially my daughter, Lauren. That's where I'll spend the energy because we had a horrible relationship. I mean, I was a horrible parent. I mean, people look at me now who meet me now and they said, how? No way. No way. And I'm like, you guys, I was a horrible parent. I really was. I couldn't really be in her presence. I really, and she couldn't be in my presence. We really did not want to be in each other's presence. We avoided each other as much as possible. We tried to work on things consciously. We tried to talk about our issues with one another. Nothing ever changed until I sat down with her. And she said to me, mom, how come you can help other people so much? but you can't help us. And I said, are you ready? And she said, I am. And I said, all the cards are out on the table. I said, tell me how horrible of a mother I was to you. Tell me how much I abandoned you. Tell me how much I resented you. Tell me all that. Tell me how much you hated me. Tell me how much you despised me. Tell me how much you wish I wasn't your mother. Because this work is all about honesty. This work is all about being so truthful. Because understand, it's not negative. It's your truth. It's your message that you're holding on into. Your body's holding on to it. Oh my gosh, that must have been so hard. I mean, I, it's like... As an empath, I'm like feeling into all of this and and I feel for both of you. I mean, this is so hard. It was so liberating and so freeing. You can't imagine the impact it had because she did. She was able to literally tap into a meridian point and be able to release all that energy. And her and I have the most beautiful relationship now. I mean, she doesn't get off the phone without saying, I love you, mom. And it's so beautiful because she had a relationship with my mom. She was like her mother, okay, because I couldn't show up as a mother. I was so disconnected from her. But my mom since has died, and she's been gone two years. And if it wasn't for what we were able to build together, it would have been heart-wrenching for her. But we have this beautiful relationship now. She comes to me for everything. She doesn't get off the phone now without saying, I love you, mom. She can't wait to hang out with me now. I can't wait to hang out with her. I used to cringe when she'd say they wanted to come visit me when I 
I live in Arizona part of the year and I'd cringe and she'd say her husband and her daughter, I wanted to come and she would come and it's like, Oh, I don't want, you know, and now we have, I can't wait till she comes. It's like, stay longer. You know, let's, let's have what we didn't have for so many years. So everyone, if you carry any resentment, you carry any abandonment, you carry any shame, you carry any of those emotions and you haven't been able to work through, there is hope for you. I promise you there's hope for you because I have the most incredible relationships with my daughters now because I don't carry that anger or resentment in my body anymore. I just carry compassion and love for them. So did you have to show up that way for yourself first and go through all of that work before you could turn around and, and do that, right? I had to work on the relationship with my mom that I had. I had to be able to release all that energy around my mom. She was there physically, but she wasn't there emotionally. I had to let go of, not let go of, I hate that. When people say let go of, that doesn't work. With an empath, it doesn't work. They have to literally release the energy, feel the release of that energy in their body. And I had to do that. I had to be able to sit in that and really feel into what was I feeling about my relationship with my mom. And once I was able to release all that energy, I was able to show up for my mom as she was dying in so much love and compassion. I would have never, I would have been so resentful. And also, I would have felt guilty after she died that I hadn't done something. And when she died, I never felt any guilt. And that's such a beautiful thing because, and I'm not saying that you can't work through something after someone's died. But what I am saying is, is that there was no resentment. I only felt love and compassion for her being at her bedside for two years as she was dying. So working through that, was the most amazing thing. It sounds incredible and it sounds so liberating and it sounds like it allowed you to be able to grieve once your mom had passed on. Now, while your mom was still with you in this space, in life, was part of your, your healing being able to communicate with her or did you work on that separately? Thank you so much for bringing that up. I never worked with mom on it. She never even knew that I was working on it. Wow. This work you never, ever have to confront the individual. You never, ever, in the work that we do at Moment to Moment, you never, ever have to forgive someone for something horrible that they did in your life. It's not about that. It's about energetically releasing yourself from those blockages that you have. I just want you to feel a sense of neutral. Then what you do with that relationship or not do with that relationship is totally up to you, okay? I can't tell a client that comes to me that's 45 years old, that comes with a bio this long, that says, Julie, I've given up. I don't know what else to do anymore. I mean, I've been to every energy healer. I've been to Tony Robbins. I've done she went on and on. I've done EMDR. I have not been able to. I've read a million books. I don't know what to do anymore. How do you tell someone that's mother did some, some things that were so horrific to her that she had never addressed, 
How do you tell someone you've got to forgive that individual? No, you never have to forgive that individual. That doesn't mean that you're not going to feel liberated and free because once you release all that energy around the resentment that you felt and the abandonment that you felt and all the other emotions too that you felt, you don't ever have to forgive someone. I don't like when someone says, I have to forgive in order to move on. No, you don't have to forgive. All I want you to do is come to a place of neutral. That is so powerful. Another point I want to bring up is so many people come to me and they say, I have a wonderful relationship with that person now, but I had a horrible relationship with them when they were younger. And it's like, guys, I want you to understand something. You cannot build new energy on top of old energy. It's the relationship you had as that child that's still there in your energies. Once you release those energies, then you're good to go. Then you're good to go. Then you can really step into that real relationship, that real empowering relationship with that person that you love so much. But you can't get there until you release those old energies. How are you teaching your grandchildren about the moment-to-moment method? Well, first and foremost... They're learning the trauma does not have to stay in their bodies. A child can do this method. That's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Okay, a child can just do this method. Natalie, if a child just does this meridian point, the stomach meridian for fear and anxiety, where the bone is right here underneath your lower lid, if a child would just tap or press because... Some people can't tap. It makes them more anxious. But if you just press under here and you allow that child to say what they're really feeling, and a child, the work that I do, and this comes from EFT too, is you go from zero to 10. Okay, what's the energy I'm feeling in my body? Because when you're done working with me, it's a zero. 10, it's so emotional. But a child doesn't understand that. Okay, but a child does understand this. How sad are you? How happy are you? How angry are you? You just have them tap under their eye. Okay, like this. I am so angry at your mom. I didn't like what you did to me. I didn't like what you said to me. You would see because they don't have a lot of muck like we do. Energies go like this. And they're like, oh, I don't feel that anymore in my body. That's huge for them. They are able to, in my space, be able to feel seen, validated, and heard. The other thing is there's no off limits for them. What I mean by that is, yes, if something's dangerous, it's off limits. But what I'm talking about is, is that when they say to me, and they call me Bubby, that's Yiddish, okay? And they say to me, Bubby, can I see your purse? Can I look through your purse? The old me would have said, don't touch that. That's mine. Don't go in there. No, I'm excited. Sure. Let's work the zipper. Can you do the zipper? Let's see what's in there. To be so present that they know when they're in my presence, nothing else matters. It's just me and them. 
It's so liberating for them. I'm allowing them to be in their gifts. I'm allowing them to say, okay, my one grandson, he loves construction. My other grandson, well, two of my grandsons love construction a lot and vehicles. I could say, oh, that's stupid. Let's do this instead or whatever. Or that's dumb. You like vehicles, you know, or you like balls. No, you embrace that. You embrace it. You take it and you put it in the present. So if they're learning their ABCs, they're learning their colors, they're learning anything, take what they love, their passion that they love and incorporate it into their learning. I love doing that. I love doing it because they're so engaged then too. So they're learning how to be so present and feeling so safe in their bodies. And what does that feel like? And we talk about that. We talk about what does that feel like when I feel good and when I and I don't feel good and I feel angry or I'm bitter. So it's teaching a lot of emotions, too, at a very early age. Sounds like a lot less baggage for them to have to for children have to deal with later. So when you're teaching about uncovering the bigger picture of generational trauma, right, because many people don't know that they can have access to MTM and to releasing their energy and that they can help their children from a very young age, but also that they can help themselves through dealing with generational trauma. To that end, when we're talking about generational trauma, what's the very first step that you would encourage someone to take to start to uncover their generational trauma? Well, the first thing I would do is, is I would start saying, what are the questions that are coming up for you? What doesn't feel right to you? You keep saying to yourself, I feel like I'm going to die if I do this. I feel like I'm going to die. But you just don't feel that in your body the same way that you say it. Mm -hmm. There's energy around that. Sure. Okay. That's an example that I'm giving you. Or if you feel like, There's something like you feel like in your body that just feels so off. You're really feeling, like I said, really angry, but you don't feel like an angry person. Where does that come from? Is it really your energy that you're really angry? Because I wasn't angry, but it showed up as anger. It's confusing energy is what it is. I'm not really angry, but I act angry. So it's so important to be able to start asking yourself these questions. And I want to share a resource with you. That's a wonderful, wonderful resource. This doesn't work for my clients, but I want to share it for people that are conscious and can work through things consciously. And this book is If It Didn't Start With You. It's so important because it talks about generational trauma and it talks about the idea of Like I said, go back and ask yourself those heavy questions. Who had a miscarriage? Who had an abortion? Who murdered someone? Who suffered from mental illness? Is it really my trauma? Is it really my trauma or is it someone else's trauma? That'll be so helpful to understand. But then I don't, I want you to really understand The conscious person can do this. They can have an awareness and they can forgive. They can visualize that person saying, I'm sorry or whatever it is. But trust me, the empath, the feeler, 
they'll get stuck in this. No, you don't have to get stuck. We can work through it. If it's not me helping you get through it, I have resources that can help you get through it. Do not get stuck in the trauma. So important. So my friend Hillary Phelps has shared with me and many others in the, in the past that we are only as sick as our secrets. Can you share how energy really shows up and manifests in people's bodies and makes them ill? Jessie had diagnosed as MS. Did she have MS? No. She's on top of the world now. She could climb any mountain in the world. This is someone that suffered from vertigo. This is someone that, quote unquote, was diagnosed with MS. I've dealt with chronic fatigue syndrome. Someone who suffered, Natalie. I thought I spent a lot of money. $125,000 in a wheelchair. Mayo Clinic. Mom did everything she knew to do, just like I did, just like I did. We would have done anything to see our child healthy. There were so many secrets. There was so much weighted down energy. There was so much heaviness in the body. There was so much exhaustion in the body. 50 pounds overweight, working, doing MTN, He doesn't have chronic fatigue syndrome. He never had chronic fatigue syndrome. The other one, she never had rheumatoid arthritis. It was all the energy around her mom, all the resentment, all the anger, all the abandonment energy. Her father, that she didn't even call a father, a sperm donor, wasn't even there. All this energy festers in the body and gets stuck in the body. And it creates so much struggle and pain, unnecessary struggle and pain. Cancer, what does cancer represent? There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of, there's a lot of longstanding hurt. Worked with a cancer patient, okay? 40 years old, diagnosed with breast cancer. What does breast cancer represent? What does the breast represent? It represents nutrition. It represents attention. It represents nurturing. What secret was she carrying? Her resentment toward her mother that wasn't there for her? She couldn't even get out of bed. She couldn't even shower. She had to have someone shower to help her shower. Okay? What happened when she let go of, when she released all that energy around her mom? She's back at work. Yeah, she still has cancer, stage four, breast cancer, but she's not in bed. She's living her life. Is she in remission or she's just, she's stable? It's too early. To tell? It's too early to tell? It's too early. But she feels differently in her body. The resent, her energetic body is once again healthy. So it gives her physical body an opportunity, God willing, it's not too late to heal. Those are some really powerful examples of how it shows up in the body and not just adults but children okay children having trouble in school children not being able to focus children not being able to be on grade level i worked with a child that was eight years old that couldn't read why couldn't she read she couldn't read because she wasn't in her body 
Now, only people that are feelers understand that, okay, to not be in your body, to leave your body because it's not safe. She had a near drowning experience when she was a year old. How, if you're not in your body, are you able to learn? This child, the mother was going through all the tests for her to qualify for special or whatever, you know, she needed. A month later, the teacher said, what have you done? Why does she have this confidence that she didn't have? She's at grade level. She's doing amazing. Yeah, because she wasn't in her body. She didn't feel safe. We worked through all that energy. Then I had a mother that came to me, her 13-year-old, a 13-month-old baby had fallen off the bed and passed out. And the mother kept taking the child back to the chiropractor several times. The chiropractor finally said, this isn't a physical problem. This is an energetic problem. And we released all that energy and the child was fine afterwards. No problems afterwards at all. It's so important. A child that's in the NICU unit, that child separated from the mother at birth. All the child knows is my mother's smell, my mother's sound, all that. And if you take that child away from the mother immediately, what do you think happens? Immediately you create a feeling of abandonment in the child. It's an energy. It gets stuck. So if you have a child that's very needy, clingy, okay, things like that, and they cry a lot or whatever, they're telling you something. They're not just doing that. They're hurting. Something's going on. They're feeling something in their body that they can't release or express. They can't express. Thank you. They can't express. So if moms aren't calm in their pregnancy, We know we're a little bit anxious, but if we spend the energy and we're not calm and we're in a struggling relationship or we don't want the child or we feel like this is a burden, I promise you that child's taking on that energy. And I'm not saying you can't release the energy, but I promise you that child has taken on that energy of I'm not wanted. I don't feel enough. I'm not good enough. And it's not enough to say, I'm good enough. I'm okay. That happened a long time ago. I promise you that energy is still in the body. That's so powerful. Julie, it's so powerful that you have this knowledge that's helping so many. And you're educating not just parents, but children, how to be present in their own bodies. It's pretty spectacular when you think about that. Because I think as parents, we're always worried that we're going to give them our, at least I'm always worried, I'm going to give my child my issues. You know, I think every parent, not maybe not every, but a lot of parents worry about giving their issues to their children, right? That that version, that story of what generational trauma is. And sometimes I think we overcompensate in different ways that may not be helpful to anyone and may result in frustration, right? Because we don't really know what we're doing. So these tools are really special and unique, but also very helpful, I think, in bringing this energetic release to be able to move forward and be closer and um, liberated, quite frankly. This method is so 
helpful when it comes to creating calmness in the home and creating a connection in the home. It's so beautiful. I didn't have that, Natalie, growing up. I didn't have that in my house and my kids, I say, as a child. I want to explain something to you about energy for a second so people really understand this. My parents had a very rough relationship. I knew when they were getting along and not getting along. And we lived in a two-story house. It didn't matter if I was on the second floor and they were on the first floor. I could feel the energy in the house. I want everybody to understand how important that is. Children feel energy. And it's our job as parents to teach them how to regulate their energies. And we cannot do that if we're not present and we're not calm in our bodies. So the first job is to create, is to work on yourself. The biggest gift that I can tell someone is, and I'm 63 years old, about to be 64. Guys, I feel the lightest. I feel the strongest. I feel the most liberated. I feel the healthiest I've ever felt in my life. Why? Because I've worked on all the energy blockages. Okay, there's always something that comes up, but guess what? I know how to work through it immediately if something comes up. If I feel off and I don't want to stay in that energy, I know exactly what I can do in that moment to be able to create calmness and be able to be present again. So important. And that's our job as parents. Our job as parents is to make sure that we teach our children what it looks like to be calm, what it looks like to be kind, compassionate for others. We cannot do that if we're carrying so much resentment energy in our body, abandonment energy, shame in our body, not feeling good enough in our body, because we know, and I know firsthand, When I start attacking someone else, what's going on in me? It's not them. It's what's going on in me. It's so important for you to look deep inside yourself and ask yourself, what's going on with me? So important. We would change our society. And anybody that struggles with a mother or a parent, but really a mother, especially a woman, if they work on that relationship energetically, They will show up so differently. What will happen for them is that dream that they can't accomplish, that book that they can't write, I promise you, they'll be able to do what they want to be able to do. They cannot show up in their authentic self because they're carrying that energy in their body from their mother. So it's so important to work through relationships. Well, Julie... That is all so powerful, and I'm so grateful to you for showing up and not only talking about your work, but the inspiration behind the work and how it has impacted your life and and also the generations that came after you, your daughters and even your grandchildren. So I'm so grateful for you and to you for sharing. Thank you for being here. Of course. I'm blessed to be able to be here in this space and be able to be interviewed by you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you for listening to this episode of the All Over Again podcast. I hope that you learned something from today's episode. If you enjoyed this, 
please leave a five-star review about All Over Again on Apple Podcasts. Please also let me know what spoke to you about the episode on our social media channels at All Over Again Podcast. I can't wait to hear from you.